0: That's too wimpy. <laughs> I'm losing it right now, man I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I forgot how to say the word I've coined.: I'm John a blank right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally the, one of the most horrendous sounds I've ever <laughs> heard come out of your mouth. That was, that was brutal.: Okay, wait, 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 can you put more grunge in your voice? Like babaloo ba. <laughs> grunge it like wop, ba Like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wap babaloo bop wap and boom to the fruit a go root to the fruit a go rude to the fruit gone root to the fruit go rude Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week we discuss Radio Royale, Clan Wars in much more detail, The Changing Meta, and more. Boom. Boom! And if you're listening on Apple
1: Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, CLNSmedia.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, we hope you enjoy the show. Episode 62, baby, let's go. That's it, ma'am. We're here. 6-2, climbing up the ranks. Maybe the ladder? Maybe the clan war ladder? Nobody knows! Nobody does know. We're working on it, though. Lots of practice.
0: That's what's involved here. Correct. So, what's up, man? How was your week in the arena? Week in the arena's been okay. Um, I guess recently we got reset down, you know, the season ended, and got brought back down to 4,000. I don't really like when that happens. Feels great, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, all that work, all that effort, all that energy that you spent trying to climb the ladder... Once the season resets, all the good people who were better than me, slightly above me in some cases in trophy counts, we all kind of got reset back down to the same exact trophy count, and we're all trying to fight to climb up at this, you know, in theory lower trophy count than we were at before, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So it just
0: makes it like a struggle. And right now I'm at forty-one hundred trophies, still using the mortar mauler, but I did get to level up my expo. That thing is now level seven. I am one level, one level away from maxing out my very first epic, but that thing is going to take me forever to get. Um, I can't use the expo deck on the ladder, though, because it uses the ice golem. And dude, my ice golem is only level 9. And the problem with a level 9 ice golem is that it doesn't kill bats or skeletons that are level 12 or higher. (laughs) So Good point. Pretty much everybody that I face is, you know, has skeletons or bats that are level, you know, 12 or higher mm-hmm. since they're common cards and they're easy to, to level up. But that one card is holding me back. So I'm trying to level that guy up now. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think it's going to take me a little while. But otherwise, Clan is doing pretty decent. In Clan Wars, we are sitting at 247 trophies at current stance. Boom. Boom, dude. Nice. Uh Cast Royale is sitting at... I think
1: two hundred and sixteen trophies at the time of this recording. Nice. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Just collectively working together to try and get each person better that wants to be part of the clan wars, so that's always fun. Sharing decks, sharing tips, sharing replays, uh critiquing the way people play. Ooh. It's harsh, but it's good. It's definitely good. It's good for everybody.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. I think that the the main thing that we found in Castro Two that that helped us was people were just kind of like diving into their final battle without really thinking about it, is Mm -hmm. is the way that I'll I'll say it. You know, they just kind of like take the the 40 cards that are available to them and they just make a deck and then they just kind of like bring it into battle. Um, Whereas some people in the clan are really, really good at deck building Mm -hmm. and can make a really cohesive deck, one that synergizes really well, um, even though there's only 40 available right? Like when you have all 80 or 83 available, it's easy to make a deck. Right. (laughs) But when you've only got 40 and more than half the cards aren't available, it's kind of hard to get, you know, a good, solid, cohesive deck. But some people are really, really good at finding those, um, those things that just connect the dots. And what we've started doing is relying on those people to find the deck, sharing it in the clan chat. And then everyone, more or less, most, most people, would just copy the deck, practice it a few times within the friendly war battles mm-hmm. um, or bring it into like a grand challenge or uh, a classic challenge and then take it into um, into their final battle. And we've seen a little bit more success that way. So, um, you know, it's, it's a struggle at first because we're kind of playing against people um, that are probably higher than our average player in the ladder already. So right. um, I think there's some leveling out to have happen, but um, it's been a, a pretty good experience so far. Room for growth, right? That's, that's really what it's all
1: about. Uh, and I was going to say before that you definitely want to take advantage of your dot connectors,
0: as you so eloquently put them. Totally agree. But how was your weekend, Irina? Uh,
1: it, it's all right. I, I'm currently sitting at also 4,100 trophies. And, you know, like you said, the reset is, is definitely a struggle. Um, I did finish the season, though, at 4682, which was pretty good, all things considered. Uh, I was sitting at, like, 47-something. And then, of course, I went in for, like, the last two games and lost both. uh, Not realizing that the season was ending. Should have known better. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with that finish. I'm still working on a level 10 rocket, and I am still extremely far away. Yeah, that thing is a grind. It's really, really disappointing. Um, But, you know, eventually, uh, I did get... Uh, I don't remember the exact number, maybe 50-something rockets in my uh season-end chest, so that was pretty good. Nice. That'll save you, like,
0: well over 12 requests. That's
1: big, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, sounds like we're still, you know, do- dealing with the grind of the reset of the season. Um, But a couple of things happened this week that I think are worth mentioning. Let's dive right in. So... Supercell is looking for a new
0: caster for Clash Royale League. And maybe not one, I mean it could be multiple, right? They are either looking for expert analysts, like players who are super 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 way better than we would ever be at this game, good. Mm-hmm. Um that could kind of like break down certain plays and deck matchups and you know, things like that. But then also just like a host, right? Like we had Rumham on the show uh two shows ago or three shows ago at this point. And, um, you know, he was a host where he kind of welcomed the audience and kind of was a play-by-play caster and, you know, all those fun things. So there's two different kind of aspects that they're looking for. And I don't know if it's one person for each or multiple people for each, but really, really awesome to see. And I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's for recordings that will be occurring between August and October, which will be happening in L.A. Ooh, pretty sweet stuff, dude
1: yeah I mean now that uh the good old Rumham is working for uh supercell, it seems like they need to fill that spot and they really need someone that has that level of energy, that level of knowledge, and like you said, uh you know there's a couple of different things going on that they could be looking for, so hopefully they find the right person. I did think that we could do it, but I don't know about that. Should we apply? I think we should apply i <laughs> think maybe I mean we could
0: apply. I just just set your expectations low so we're not. Let down. Right. So if we go in with our application knowing that we won't be selected, we can only at least not let ourselves down. Exactly. That's the way to look at it. Yes. Do you think that you have to move to L.A. for the, for that time period in order to be, uh, like, is it required to live there? You think? I think they might put you up in a hotel or a nice condo for a little while. I'm making this up. I have no idea. So (laughs) don't quote me on that. But who knows? Could be fun though. I'll think about it. You think about it. I think I'm gonna submit my application. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna say. It's gonna say the the Boom Man and Nonstop Rug collectively. Can you as, as a as a as a tag team duo? Can you right. send in your headshot and autograph it so that way you're already prepared for the fame? Oh, absolutely. And um, my like our name won't be like Hasrail or anything. It'll just be like the dynamic duo. Yeah, the Boom Bros. The Boom Bros. The Dynamic Duo. And that's it. I don't know if I'm going to fill out any other portion of the application. I think I'm just simply going to say the name, which will just be the Boom Bros, the Dynamic Duo. And then I'm just going to click Submit. I like it. And Supercell, if you are listening, if you never receive our applications,
1: use this ridiculous segment as that. Boom. Boom. Uh, So
0: we also got an optional game update, which I thought was kind of interesting. I thought it was kind of interesting, too, because I didn't really understand why anyone would opt out of these things. Right. All of them are really good. Right. So the first one was battery improvements. So you may have realized as you were playing in Clash Royale after the big game update that there were certain things um, in the background that, I mean, we didn't know why, but it was definitely draining our batteries a lot more than it previously did. Right. Um, So these battery improvements hope to rectify that, which is pretty cool. Um, The next one was Fantastic. They sped up the animation for gold counts when you donate cards. Hallelujah. So you know how like you'd be on like the social tab and you'd be donating cards, but then you'd want to click on the war tab, but you couldn't because you'd click on the gold icon by accident and then it would take you to like the shop screen. Oh, I know because we tweeted about it a couple of days ago. This was probably one of the most frustrating, like, day-to-day experiences that I have in this game. Trying to, like, figure out where on the screen I could touch while that animation was going on to not have that happen.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the fact that they sped up the animation. I still think that it would look better and feel better right at the top of the chat window, as opposed to being at the
0: top where the tabs are. But I'm not the designer. Yeah, no, I agree, but I do think that a sped-up animation doesn't make it feel as intrusive when you're trying to just kind of get to where you're trying to go. Exactly. So what else did the update bring? Next up, dude, they removed visible trophy counts when you are playing in Clan Wars, which is tremendous. And ask me why. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me why. Tell me why. Have you ever played on, uh, on War Day, like a final battle, mm-hmm. and got matched up against someone who was you know 500 trophies less or, 600 trophies higher than you yes well that's because trophy counts from the latter are not used to match you up against someone on your final battle or war day right so what people were doing was they were taking a bunch of screenshots and sending them out on twitter and reddit and all this other stuff and just being like yeah this was fair nice job matchmaking supercell <sighs> when in theory those trophy counts from the latter aren't even a part of the algorithm to match you up, instead, it's based on players that are in clans that are around the same or similar clan trophy amounts. And right now, given that, um, you know, I think we'll we'll talk about matchmaking in a little while, but but that that kind of stuff will pan out. So I think removing this is good because it doesn't give people false impressions about how it's happening. Yeah, because it's completely irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the matchmaking that goes on for Clan Wars. So I agree, this was a good change. And next up was that they added an estimated matchmaking time when you're looking for a battle. Um, so I think happens for both Collection Day and War Day. Um, but I think that's pretty cool. I, to me, though, to be honest, I haven't really experienced this, right? Like every time I click a battle for either Collection or War Day, mm-hmm. I mean, I get put in a battle within like five or less seconds, so.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fast. Well, now you know how long those five seconds actually is. Right.
0: Talk (laughs) about a true quality of life improvement. This is it. Right. And anything else? Last one was they fixed a war leaderboard crash. So I don't know if you realize this, but you know how like when you're in the war screen, you have the ability to click on the, um, there's like a trophy icon at the top right and it shows you your war leaderboard. And it kind of shows you where you stand against the other five clans that you are battling against, right? Mm-hmm. It shows your how many battles you have left, how many tri- you know, how many games you've won, etc. There was a bug where you would like click on your opponent's um, icon so that you can kind of like see how many wins and crowns they've gotten. Mm-hmm. The game would completely crash; it would exit you out, and you'd have to go back in. So they fixed that, which is awesome because I don't think that's what they originally intended. I- I'd have to agree with that one. <laughs> So again, that was pretty much it for the optional game update, but again i don't I don't really know why they just didn't push it through. yeah uh, <laughs> automatically. um seems like all of these are good things, but I don't know, maybe maybe in order to do it, it had to go through the app store as opposed to like a uh you know like an automatic game refresh, I don't know. right,
1: and technically, none of these things impact your ability to play the actual game if you stayed on the old version so maybe that's why it's optional maybe Mm -hmm. and aside from that we
0: also got a new radio royale radio royale and and not only was it like a radio royale but it was like a video podcast royale it was awesome i know it was really great
1: uh it was awesome to see Sip and bangs, come back in the flesh, having a good time talking about the stuff that's been going on in the community and with the new update. So a couple of the things that were covered during the actual recording is matchmaking, um, saying that pretty much everybody starts at the same quote unquote level, right? Um, And then over time, it will just eventually get better. Very similar to the way that the ladder resets and everybody's kind of at the same trophy count. Everybody's just kind of, it's chaos, right? That's what we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, the trophy scores for each individual person for your clan ladder are in the background. They're really not on the front end. So they're used to just calculate whether you face better opponents or whether you face worse opponents. So pretty simple stuff. Um, a big one that they talked about was why we use our own card levels, which I thought was so interesting that they decided to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that they kind of had to talk about it, right? Like this huge game update that, that came out. Like, if you were to talk about one of the most controversial parts of the update, is the fact that the clan wars itself doesn't use 20-capped cards. It instead uses clan cards and your own cards, Um, you know, whichever is lower, uh, for war day. And for collection day, you pretty much only use your own card levels uh, with the exception of drafting, right? Like if you play a draft game, then you're playing 20-capped uh, standards. So, so what did they say about why we use our own card levels?
1: So the biggest thing is that when they compared it to the latter they felt that most people, when they play this game, they focus on one specific deck and leveling up those eight cards within that one specific deck, leaving almost all of your other cards in the dust. Right? I mean, that's pretty much what happens with me and you. Every time we're leveling up cards, it's really to save gold to level up the cards that we're working on currently, and we kind of don't touch the other cards. Now that you're dealing with a pool of potentially up to 40 cards, you know, given that your clan gets all of their collection cards, now you kind of are forced to spread out that wealth, so to speak, and use that gold to level up other cards that you wouldn't necessarily be leveling up within the latter cards. So after they said that, it kind of made sense um, because it was, like you said, it was very confusing and uh, a hot topic for a lot of people because I think they kind of felt like, well, why not just make everybody the same level? then we never have to worry about upgrading cards, right? Right. well, I mean, let's
0: just play devil's advocate for a second, right if If you were solely worried about people not using other cards and only using one ladder deck, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what kind of a ladder deck you have, and if you're only comfortable playing certain t- types of cards, um, because you only have 40 available. So you can't make your ladder deck more often than not right um you're kind of stuck with what you've got but what this does is it like you said forces you eventually to have to upgrade certain cards in order to make them viable for clan wars Mm -hmm. um you know you might not see it you might not see it in the early stages right because as your clan gets better as your clan improves on the clan war trophy ladder um You go through the bronze ranks, right? And then you eventually go through the silver ranks and then you eventually go through the the gold ranks. And every step of the way, your cards that you earn from battles increase. So the better that your clan is doing, the more cards you're going to collect on collection day. And the more cards you're collecting on collection day, well, the higher that your level of cards (laughs) that you have access to will be. Um, The problem is, is if, Regardless of what you're getting out of your clan, if you personally don't have that leveled up, then you can't use it. Um, So I think it will take a lot longer for people to hit a ceiling in clan wars, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But inevitably, the ceiling is there to be hit. (laughs) Um, Right. uh, And and again, that's just devil's advocate here. But uh, then on the flip side of that, I mean, we can't forget, Rob. I mean, Supercell is a business right like clash royale is an application it's a free application but they are not a non-for-profit organization right um they you know one of their goals i assume would be to make money and it's not like they're forcing people to purchase anything in order to play in clan wars and participate in it and have fun while doing it but in order to be truly competitive um, and be at the top of the legendary or, you know, quote unquote legendary league, we'll call it for the clan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take probably like a full clan of max card players. Um, I say max card, knowing that it's not max, right? Like I think the max card, for example, is uh 12 King tower equivalent. So it's not 13. Right. Um. So, so it's easier in theory, um, but there still is a cap.
1: Yeah. And you know what? All that said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty okay with that because it gives me another reason to keep investing in other cards because I don't think I would have had this feature not come out personally.
0: Yeah, no, I've already found myself I I the other day, and I never thought I would say this out loud, I leveled up, you ready for this? My giant skeleton to level five. Ooh. Because I'm currently in bronze with my clan and Getting a level five epic on the map is a tremendous advantage. Yes. Um, because you probably only have access to one, maybe two of those if you're in the bronze realm. So I was like, of course I'm going to level this thing up because now I can use it and get an advantage on my war day. Why would I not do it? So it's already made me level up things that I wouldn't have in the past. Yeah, man, I
1: completely agree. So what else did I talk about? Uh, So two more things. One is they covered why we are only able to play three games during collection day and then one for the final battle. And essentially it comes down to similar to what you and I originally feared when this feature first got introduced is they don't want people to get fatigued. They don't want people to feel like it's a chore. Imagine if the game was made so that you had to get 10 games done in a whole day to help your clan get those collection cards. At 10, man, that, that eventually will wind up feeling like a grind and you'll just eventually stop playing. You just won't want to participate because it's just too annoying to get all the games done. And, you know, there will be animosity between you and your clanmates, right? Because you're not pulling your own weight. And that's not really fair to put that pressure on every clan. So I think, honestly, the three games and then the one game seems like a really good decision. And so far, it's been working out really well.
0: Yeah, there are times where I play my three games really quickly and I kind of wish that I had more to do. Um, But what I've started to do, to be honest, is just to space out the games, like do one now, do one in the middle of the day and then do one later. That's exactly what I do, too. And then when it comes time for war day, I try not to do the war game or the final battle as soon as the war day happens, because then I'm kind of like stuck (laughs) with with ladder. So I kind of just wait like I practice, um, build the deck, practice a little bit talk to people about strategy. I make it more like um, an all-day event, so to speak, mm-hmm. but then play the game. So it's like this big build-up, and then if I lose, I feel really bad.
1: <laughs> right, and then also, they, they really want you, when you're done with your games or in between your games, like you said, you spread them out. I do the same thing. Um, they really want you to be watching your clanmates play the games to get the cards. Um, one of the tool tips on the bottom of the loading screen says, Something along the lines of, make sure you go and watch your clanmate and cheer them on while they battle on on war day.
0: Yeah, man. Well, th- that's part of the reason why, if, if you notice, I don't know if you noticed this, I didn't realize it at first, but if one of your clanmates is in a war final battle on war day, no one else can play. You cannot play a final battle if a clanmate is in a final battle. Y- you're forced <laughs> to wait or watch. And I think that's good because you can kind of sit there and cheer people on. You can see what people did and make mistakes. But again, it's, this thing is not supposed to be a single-person show. It's supposed to be an all-inclusive thing where everyone's kind of getting together. You're bringing the band back together. You're <laughs> figuring out together. You're winning together. You're losing together, regardless of how anyone does it individually. Um, and I think it's a really important thing to remember. I
1: think what's also really important is to call out the fact that you just made a very fantastic Blues Brothers reference. That is a very important thing to mention. We're getting the band back together. Boom. Boom. And then the last thing that they talked about is why it took so long. So, in their journey of maybe three or four months, we got to see some prototypes of the different game builds, which, dude, was so cool to see. Um, The first build only had two clans that faced each other as opposed to you being against four other clans, so five clans total. Plus they had a fixed number of participants. So you had to say whether it was going to be a small war or a large war. And that didn't really sit well with them because they wanted as many people to be a part of it as possible. Like you said, it's, it's a communal type of thing. Then the next set of changes, they separated the war into two separate days. That's where the collection day came from and the war day came from. Plus they also introduced the game mode cycling. So when you finish one game type, another one pops up and you can play maybe 2v2 or draft or sudden death, you know, things like that. So that's really cool to see that evolution there. Um, The third one was the inclusion of the colored map, which was pretty sweet. Um, And then also the big change there was the introduction of clan leagues. And then finally, towards the last month, they separated everything out into two different islands, which dude... They refer to the main island that has all of the uh, arenas mushed together
0: as the party island. Yeah, you see, that sounds right. Because, I mean, there's just so much going on there. There's like every single arena. There's, you know, I guess at a maximum, three total games that could be played at once. And if some of them are 2v2s, you know, five to six people could be in playing at any point in time, right? um cards are being collected it there's just a lot going on on that screen when it's actively being used and i think it's really really cool
1: yeah it was uh it was fantastic insight i'm really curious what they're gonna do when they introduce another arena where are they gonna put it on the party island they're gonna have to reshape the island they're
0: gonna terraform it oh dude they're just gonna do what Fortnite did and they're just gonna slam it down (laughs) right in the middle Of all the other ones and just create this big, like a meteor slam and then just boom, here's a new arena. That's exactly what's going to happen. Do we have a Dusty Depot on the party island? I don't think so, but I think we'll probably call it Meteor Island. Could be. I like it. That's a great idea. I mean, sometimes I come up with decent ideas, but I'll take a great one. So that's it for Radio Royale. Uh, How do you feel about the balance changes that happened? So, you know, to be honest, dude, like I, I thought I would like them a lot more than I like them. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Right. I just want to know why. Ah, again, right. So <laughs> so here's my thing with, with the balance changes. I, I, I think that the nerfs to certain cards were good. Seeing the Ice Spirit nerf in action, it, it wasn't as drastic as I thought it was. And I think it's fair. right? But the Dark Prince needs a bigger nerf. Um, mm. Bridge spam is still very popular in the meta. Um, if you look at the top of the leaderboard, Spear Goblins were nerfed, right? But mm-hmm. they still show up everywhere with the Mortar and Hog cycle decks that are Zap Bait with the Minion Horde and all that other stuff that they've got going on. Um, uh, you know, I've seen a little bit more of, you know, Giant Beatdown and things of that nature. Golem kind of shows up here and there. And because of those two things, you see Pekka and little sprinkles of uh, bridge spam, right? Yep. But at the end of the day, I didn't see the meta change all that much since the changes came out. I thought it would change a lot more. I will revert back to my grade that I gave these balance changes two weeks ago. I still think they were good balance changes. All directionally made sense. But I think certain cards needed more than others, um, and this meta just feels a little bit messy. Like, it it just doesn't seem like like there's... A meta. It's just like random stuff that just pops up, and nothing's really great unless you go back to what you used to know. That's fair.
1: I, I, I feel like we mentioned this on the last cast, but you know what? I definitely see too much of, and it needs to be taken care of immediately. Two cards, actually. Tell me. Uh, Hog Rider and Zap. What's wrong with Hog Rider? And what's wrong with Zap? So I feel like every single deck that I play has a
0: Hog Rider in it. That's it. Matchmaking is rigged. We figured yeah. it out. <laughs> we figured it out. Supercell, exposed. So, uh, they are definitely exposed. Uh, no, I mean,
1: not necessarily every deck, but let's just say 90% of the decks that I face all have a Hog Rider, and almost all of them have a Zap. Let's, let's be real. Most people are running a Zap, but dude, I'm pretty sure the last time we talked about this, you were convinced that the changes that were taking place were going to give rise to the rebirth of the Hog Rider. And it seems like that has happened.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I get, now that you say like that, I think that makes total sense, right? Like, I think the lightning getting its radius distance back, I thought, would create hog cycle decks that had lightning in it, mm-hmm. uh, because buildings just inevitably don't have good placement anymore in order to be viable. Um, and lightning is just super good against them, right? But I don't know. I, when I look at the top of the leaderboard, when I look at the decks that I'm facing, I don't see hog lightning anymore. Like, I I don't see it that much. I I, I see hog. I see hog um, mortar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but True. I don't see hog Hog lightning. Lightning just isn't as prevalent as I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I don't know if I want to be involved in a meta that's hog heavy. hog <laughs> There it is. So I know we, we kind of covered this a lot. Um, one thing we did want to bring up is participation in clan wars, right? Uh, Supercell released a really, really good, fairly short article, concise, which was great, um, that talked about how you don't necessarily need to be participating in every single clan war, or you don't really need to participate at all if it's not your style. Um, It really depends on the type of clan that you're in, right? I mean, our clans right now are currently labeled as casual, Um, and I know that you and I, or at least I, have told my clan that it is not required that they play in a clan war. Now, one of the things that the article did talk about, which is what I broadcast to the clan, is if you are going to participate in the collection day, then you really need to try your best to be a part of the war day, because that hurts your clan if you do part of it and not all of it, right? If nobody participates, well, not nobody, because nobody's not going to participate, right? Double negative. Um, but if a handful of people decide that they never want to be involved in a clan war, that's okay, because the matchmaking is going to put you against clans that are of similar numbers of participants. So all around, I think the whole point of that and the thing that we wanted to stress is don't feel pressure and don't pressure your clan mates to be a part of it if they don't want to, because they don't have to.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree, right? Like, I, I think the thing that people need to remember is that not participating in a clan war at all doesn't actually hurt anyone. Right. You can still play on war day, right? Like, the clan itself can still collect cards. This, the clan itself can still play on war day, and the clan itself can still beat four other clans and gain clan trophies. Mm -hmm. As long as you have 10 people that participate, you can play. Oh, is that how it works? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think you need a minimum of 10 players. Cool. The problem, though, is when people play in one battle on collection day, because then they are leaving potentially hundreds of cards on the table that your Mm -hmm. clan could have had access to, Um, which maybe the other clan had access to, right? So their card levels could be higher. That's one thing. But like you said, Rob, if someone plays in Collection Day, but then doesn't play in War Day, that stinks, man, because that is like an automatic loss for your clan. You are effectively going in with a disadvantage that potentially could make or break. And what happens, dude, if one of the people in your clan because let's just say that we have 20 participants and everyone else has 21 participants Mm -hmm. one person in my clan will get two battles right right what happens if the guy that played on collection day that decides he can't play on war day because maybe his personal things going on or maybe he just forgets to log in whatever the reason is what if he's the guy that's got two battles that would destroy your opportunity at probably coming in first
1: yeah, dude, it, I, I completely agree, and again, the whole point of bringing this up on the show is just to broadcast the fact that you shouldn't feel pressure to play, but if you do play, participate, right? If you're going to play, do it. Go all in, really think about the fact that you have two days to worry about, do what Joe and I do, spread those games out throughout the day. I mean, one of the things that I, and I'm guilty of this, uh, I, full disclosure, when the, when the feature first came out, I nudged everybody, right? It's a new feature. We're trying to see how it works. I I messaged people to see how the notification came through, but I stopped doing that. And now I only nudge people. If we are on war day, I won't nudge anybody to get them to participate in collection day, because I kind of want to see how that unfolds moving forward. Plus, since I started doing that, we've been in first with this current war. So, maybe there's a correlation.
0: Yeah, and there possibly could be a correlation, right? I think, I agree with you. I think the first day that it came out, I nudged everybody. The second day it came out, I nudged everybody again. The next day, I nudged everybody again. But then I realized, like, if they don't want to play, they don't have to. Right. Um, and to be honest, like, if you force someone to come in and play in a collection day, and then you reforce them to come in and play on war day, chances are they weren't going to play. And if they weren't going to play, they don't want to spend time playing. And if they didn't want to spend time playing, they probably didn't put time in to develop a deck, practice with that deck, and try and everything they can do to win, right? So at the end of the day, it's probably smarter to just let people who don't want to play not play, um, and let people who want to play and focus on trying to practice and win, participate. Um, because ultimately, that's what allows you to win, right? Like having people just come on and play a game and lose doesn't let you win. Exactly. Let bygones be
1: bygones and live and let live. I feel like I've read that in a
0: on a poster somewhere. Could be. Maybe it was in a fortune cookie. Live and let live. Yeah. So can that sentence work with anything? It could, if you try. Podcast and let podcast. Oh, you mean like that? No, it can't work with everything. Cheeseburger and let cheeseburger.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I think it needs to be a verb. Swim and let swim. Boom and let boom. <laughs> right. That's the only other option that works. <laughs> live and let live yeah boom and let boom yeah um so that's it man like i said lots of stuff that happened this last week with all the changes that keep happening i hope there are more down the
0: line that are going to surprise and delight us we can only hope boom boom tonight we are sponsored by audible rob audiobooks are a great sidekick for summer activities like hiking running road tripping and much much more Listening is a better way to binge content that you love while doing the things that you love. That's right, man. And Audible
1: has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, which lets you fill your summer with more stories like Harry Potter, which I downloaded. And dude, let me tell you, there is nothing like listening to a book series that you love and hearing the way it's supposed to be read as opposed to using your imagination and just reading it. And Audible members get a credit every month good for any audiobook in their store regardless of the price and unused credits
0: roll over to the next month. Didn't like your audiobook? You can exchange it, no questions asked. That's right, Rob. Plus, your books are yours to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. And what's even cooler is that our listeners can now get a free 30-day trial and their first audiobook is free. So go to audible.com slash cast or text cast to 500-500. That's audible.com slash C-A-S-T or text C-A-S-T to 500-500. You can do it with audiobooks. Thanks a lot to Audible for sponsoring our show. So let's move on to our meta check. Meta-check.
1: And our boy, Sir Devin, Lloyd Christmas, comes to us with another amazing Meta-check. So, Joe, what's Devin got to say about
0: what's been going on in the arena? All right, Rob. So, like you said, our boy, Lloyd Christmas, Sir Devin, hit us with the numbers. And you might be shocked about what I'm about to say, or it may line up to the T with what we were just talking about. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm excited. Devin has split up the meta into the risers and the fallers. And he didn't talk about every single card that fell and every single card that rose, but the key ones that will show you the change in the meta. You ready for this? I'm ready. So let's talk about the risers first. First up, the Goblin Gang. Talk about an uptick. The Goblin Gang checks in with a 50 Two percent showing over the last week nearly double its normal rate in fact the goblin gang's use rates give it the number one spot for a troop overall it is number two which is only behind the zap so for whatever reason the goblin gang is destroying the meta after the season reset isn't it funny that the two cards well like the
1: zap kind of counteracts the goblin gang so maybe that's why they're both up there so much And maybe because
0: they're used in similar decks. Ooh. Because the next one is the Minion Horde. Normally, the Minion Horde sits around 10-15% to use rate at the top of the ladder. But, this period, it's checked in at 20%. Only a 5% difference, but still good enough to be the number 4 troop in the game over the last week. This could possibly be because the Zap is being used so much, which doesn't kill the Minions, or because the arrows are being used so little. Good point. But last, but certainly not least, may shock you the most. Dude, for whatever reason, this usually underused card has come on strong since the season reset. Checking in at 16% showing, and it is the Spear Goblins. Ooh, wow. This may not seem like much at 16%, but keep in mind, the Spear Goblins had a total of four appearances, in the first six months of the meta-check, as opposed to four in the last week alone. I see it. I see how these things are risers. Now, one thing you may be asking yourself is, well, why do all of these things matter? That's exactly what I was asking myself, actually. How did you know? I'm a good mind reader. Also, because it was a leading question. Ooh, so you're right. <laughs> reverse psychology. That's what I do. I reverse the psychology. Correct. Spear Goblins, Minion Horde, Goblin Gang. You want to know what else goes in that deck to round it out? Oh, the Hog Rider, the Mortar, the Zap, the Miner. This is three of the key cards in the Mortar Hog Cycle Deck that is dominating the top of the ladder. So when I spoke before about the balance changes doing things that (laughs) I didn't anticipate them to do, who thought that the Spear Goblins would be used so much when they just got nerfed. Not me. Me neither. It's a valid point, though. So, what about the Fallers? Alright, so the Fallers. First up, the Electro Wizard. Maybe it's due to the uptick in the fireball use rate, but dude, the Electro Wizard has been trending down for a couple of months now. He may have hit rock bottom, because this most recent period, for the first time, the Electro Wizard failed to make any appearances at all at the tippy top of the ladder. Wow, I'm shocked actually. That's the most surprising one so far. It's been a very long time since we have not seen this card in at least one deck, but here we are. Right. Next up is the Guards. This card is earning a reputation for peaks and valleys, and I'm going to guess it's because it is directly inverse to the Goblin Gang. As the Goblin Gang goes up in use rate, the Guards seem to go down and vice versa. So looking at that trend, as we mentioned before, the Goblin Gang is currently sitting at 52% use rate at the top of the ladder, and it is no surprise at all that the guards are checking in at only a 4% use rate. Ooh, sad times, sad times for those, uh, bony brothers. And last up is the Bandit. I'm really not sure what's going on with this card. The Bandit has established herself as being very flexible, working in both beatdowns, cycles defensive card offensive counter pushes but that is not the case for this week dude the bandit is checking in at only four percent use rate what now looking at that use rate would actually seem pretty consistent with the guards right because the guards are one of the best if not the best counter for the bandit right and they're both currently sitting at four percent use rate so the less that the bandit is seen in the meta, the less the guards are used. Interesting. So that's pretty much it for the meta check, dude. I mean, we've got risers, we've got fallers. They show that there are zap bait, very annoying zap bait type decks that are still appearing all over the meta. Mm-hmm. And it shows that things like guards and bandit and electro wizard, things like bridge spam, things like beat down, they're not as prominent as we thought they would be when the balance changes came out. Which is, we thought the golem lightnings would be around. The giant lightnings would be around. They just don't seem to be there right now. And I don't know, I don't know why. Like right now, it just seems a little, like I said before, sloppy. It's just kind of like all over the place. And um, it just doesn't make too much sense to me. Well, eventually,
1: like always, we'll get more balance changes to balance out the balance changes, which balanced the other balance changes. Balance on balance on balance on balance. That's my favorite kind of balance. Well, as always, thank you so much, Devin, for sending that in. This show would not be the same without it, that's for sure.
0: Yep, and we don't always talk about everything in the meta check, so we will include the meta check in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. Let us know if you have any questions, and we'll try to respond. Boom. Boom. All right, man. Well, we got some chests. Yeah, we do. Got a handful of them, actually. Yeah, I unfortunately do not have my crown chest. And by default, Neither of us
1: have a clan chest. Womp womp.
0: I know. Supercell gave us that indirect nerf to the show. <laughs> so now we have a, a shorter chest opening section. Thanks, guys. We do.
1: Uh unless an episode recording lines up with when we open our war chest, which is probably unlikely, but we'll try every once in a while if we can. But either way, I have three chests, a crown, and two big dogs.
0: And I have
1: Two big
0: dogs. So by
1: default, you go first. That's exactly what that means. So I will do my crown chest first because that makes the most sense. You ready? Ready. All right. Crown chest. 651 gold. Two
0: gems. 14 barbarians. Hmm. This is starting off well. Yeah, not feeling it, but we'll see. Ooh, eight Dark Goblins. Nice, recently buffed, pretty good, pretty good. I know,
1: and excellent
0: in Clan Wars. Definitely good in Clan Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. 65 Tesla Towers. I need those (laughs) for my Expo
1: deck. I know, and I need them for Touchdown when it comes back, other than Friendly Battles. Right. And the last card, one... Rage Spell, which is going to make me rage out. Was that a crown chest? That was a frown
0: chest. That was definitely a frown chest. It was a frown chest. That was, you uh, knew exactly where I was going with that. Yeah, yeah. So you're up? Oh, I'm up. Okay. So my first big dog is a magical chest. Ooh, starting off strong. 1320 gold. Starting off real strong, Rob. Uh, I- I cannot tell if you're being sarcastic.
1: Seven. Royal giants. Nope. Not good. Not good. Not so magical chest. Four hog riders. Well, you probably like that.
0: That just annoys me that they're feeding (laughs) the issue here. (laughs) Your pain brings me happiness. (laughs) Next up is four battle rams. All right. Then six zappies to counter them. I love zappies. I do too. They've got this just like this thing about them yeah. that I can't quite put my finger on. That I, which I think makes me like them more. Yeah, I remember when you hated them when they first came out, and now you're just like a total convert. That's not me. That wasn't me. <laughs> not you. It's Jungle Joe. That was Jungle Joe. I'll give you a Jungle Joe. Jungle Joe and Lightning Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was, but <laughs> next up, twelve. 12- <laughs> heal spells uh, you should just quit Quit. I now. should just quit I should quit. just uninstall this game quit now. 94 minion horde well those are seemingly on the rise okay and 5 yeah baby dragons hey nice so that was a a savior to a very 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 poor chest yeah I would agree with that alright well let's forget that ever happened and you can go we'll move on then you ready
1: Yeah, ready. Definitely ready. Please, go. Now. (laughs) I have a giant chest. Nice. I'm so excited. 924 gold. Boom. 79 minion
0: horde. Woof. Very woof. One tornado? Nah, I'm not really good with tornado.
1: Yeah, and they only gave me one, so I can't really be excited about it. Right. Oh man. Come on. What? I I I can't even say this number seriously. 167
0: Royal Giants. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, man. What's a wow. That's a not so giant chest. What is it? Wow. What is What do the we call small giant chest? chest? A miniature chest. Yeah, this is definitely a miniature chest. Uh, this is a puny
1: chest. Super puny. Yeah, and last but not least, trying to save the day with 61 Mega Minions. Dude, that's really good, actually. I'll take it, but
0: I am not happy about many of the other things. Right, well, just think, if you ever wanted to max out your Royal Giant, you are definitely much closer now. That's true. I can promise you that's probably going to be the last card I ever upgrade. Well, but at least you'll have the cards to upgrade it. Right, that's true. Alright, my last chest, you ready? I don't know. Am I ready? You tell me, Joe. Well, you better be ready, because I've got a legendary chest. Whoa! Get out of here! Here we go. This is going to make up for all of the bad chests. Right. Supercell knew that I had this in my back pocket, so they were like, yeah, we're going to give you a not-so-magical chest.
1: Yeah, we'll give him bad cards so he can open up one really good card. (laughs) Right. All right, here we go. (laughs) Ready. (laughs) Ready.
0: All right, spinning, 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 spinning. It's a Sparky. No! no! Boom! <laughs> I'll boom it just because it's a Legendary, but it's a Sparky.
1: <laughs> uh, your hesitation was hilarious, and I kind of knew immediately that it was going to be a Sparky,
0: but dude, it's a Legendary. It is a Legendary. Sparky's fun in Clan Wars, man. It is fun in Clan Wars, actually. You want to know something about Clan Wars that I don't think we've ever touched on? I'm, I'm ready. Better make it quick, though. Real quick, the fact that there are only 40 cards means that there are less counters to what otherwise would be very easily countered. For example, typically, a Goblin Barrel is very easily countered because probably about 50% of the decks out there utilize Log, and you yep. pretty much always run into that. But in Clan Wars, you're opponent may have not even had the opportunity to put Log in his deck. So cards like Inferno Dragon, Inferno Tower, Goblin Barrel, Sparky, things that have very unique abilities, like the Giant Skeleton, etc., become extremely more valuable. So they are much better and definitely a smarter choice to use in your deck when building the Clan War deck. Exactly. So what Joe is trying to say...
1: In the TLDR version, don't be afraid to pick Sparky because your opponent is
0: way less likely to have a zap. Couldn't agree more. So, I think I just said all that because it's true, but also because I wanted to make myself <laughs> feel better about pulling a Sparky. You should always feel good about pulling something that has, what, a one in how many of a chance? It's a low chance. It's very low. I'm going with a one in low. So, you, so you, you best be happy. One in very low. Right. So... It's my
1: turn. What do you got? I also have a legendary
0: chest. No, you don't. I do from my quests. I've been saving it for over a week. Nice! Yeah. So we're gonna get two legendaries on the show. If you get a sparky, I'm done. <laughs> okay, good. If you get a if I get a sparky, there's no deck spotlight. Deal. Okay, here we go. Although I'll still include it within the show notes. Full disclosure. Go. That's really nice, Joe. I'm a nice guy. Alright, here we go. Spinning. Spinning, 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 spinning. The
1: Graveyard! Oh, so it's not a Sparky. It's a Graveyard. It is certainly not a Sparky, but something that uh,
0: distracts Sparky really well. And because poisons haven't been used so much, because Fireball is kind of like the Switch now, um, Graveyard's a lot better now. Yeah, man. And now I am halfway... To getting my graveyard to level three, so two more, and I'm on my way. That's awesome, dude. Once that thing hits level three, it's gonna pack a punch. Mm-hmm. All right, man. That was uh, that was a ton of fun. Yes, it was. I started off with a tragical chest, and then we kind of like made up for it. But then you got like a, a weird royal giant mix, and then we ended it off with two legends. What could be better than that?
1: I know. We ended up with some weird like soup of cards, and then. You know, finished off with a little... little garnish on top. Yeah. A little sprinkle of cheese, maybe some nice garlic bread. Right. You know what I'm saying. What could be better than that? A little bit of
0: fresh ground pepper? Exactly. Can you tell we're Italian? Boom. Boom. Tonight, we are sponsored by Hims. Hey, Rob, you're getting up there in, in age, aren't you? You're like 32 or 31 or something, right? 31, but yeah. Well, did you know that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35? I did not know that. And if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that while we're playing Clash Royale, there are plenty of times when we just want to pull our hair out. So why would you want to be someone with bald spots on your head? Dude, you're getting to the age where that's about to happen. We need to be part of the 34% of men that keep their hair. Fortunately for you, I've got the solution. hymns a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and wellness for men. If you're experiencing any hair loss, Hims connects you with real doctors that have medical-grade solutions, as well as well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions that will help you keep your hair by just going to 4 And what's even better is that now our listeners get a trial month of HIMSS for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. So be sure to go to That's forhims.com/cr. That's f o r h i m s.com/cr to get your trial for just $5 today. Thanks a lot to Hims for sponsoring our show. So, let's move on to our
1: deck spotlight. Deck spotlight. And this deck is called David and Goliath, because this dynamic duo will help you destroy your opponent. And it's an average elixir cost of 3.4, and it contains the Giant, the Miner, the Mega Minion, the Hunter, the Lumberjack, the Fireball, Zap, and the Log. So, Joe. Tell me how to destroy
0: my opponent dude this deck packs a heavy heavy punch it's not a beat down deck in the sense that it's got the lightning and that it's you know 4.0 average elixir cost because it's actually much quicker Uh, and some may consider this a cycle type deck but the giant in this deck is the goliath he packs a severe punch and we made a quote-unquote cycle beatdown style deck, if that even exists. You know, here it is. <laughs> um, but we made it to do two things. One, combat the mortar decks that we've seen out there recently. Uh, and two, hog decks. Uh, but then I guess the third thing would be um, the preemptive expectation that golem decks will get buffed uh, soon. And giant decks beat them. <laughs> right. So... This deck has David and the Goliaths. So the giant is the Goliath. He's packing the punch. The miner is David. He's the little dude that's doing a lot of damage, chip damage, whether it's to towers, troops, or buildings as the game goes on. I love that you named him David. He definitely seems like a Dave. Well, definitely seems like he. He just like pops up out of the floor and is like, hey guys, I'm Dave. Yeah. (laughs) Hey guys, like my candle? Yep. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. That's says. exactly him. Uh Dave the Miner. He's got like that goofy looking smile. Like that's him. That's totally him. That is an incredible description. I mean, clearly no offense to anybody named David. That was just when I'm like, that's what I envisioned his name no, being. Yeah, it's definitely not a bad thing for sure. It's it's just it's a totally fitting name. Alright, so let's <laughs> let's move on. So <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. So the way that you play this deck is actually defensively. Um, the, you may be tempted to go on a giant offensive push by dropping the giant in the back and trying to use your troops um, to build up behind it, but this deck doesn't really call for that, right? Like this isn't a giant double prince deck. Uh-huh. This isn't a giant witch deck or a giant knight witch deck. There's really nothing to build up behind the giant for a long period of time. And the problem with building up too many troops that you have is that they're all susceptible to similar things. So if you were to drop the giant behind the tower and then use the Mega Minion, the Hunter, and or the Lumberjack behind it, well, they're all going to kind of get cluttered up behind it. They're all relatively short distance or melee troops. So your opponent would get way too much value out of a spell. So instead, what you do is you play this deck defensively. Use the Hunter for things like the Hog Rider, or your opponent's potential giant, or Golem. Um, Your opponent's most feared offensive threat, that's where you drop the Hunter down. The Mega Minion should also be used for defensive purposes, but should be used a little bit more sparingly. The Mega Minion is better for what I'll call sniping, more Mm -hmm. targeted damage. So, you want to use the Mega Minion after you see what your opponent throws down, to ensure that it's getting good and effective defensive capabilities right what this will do is allow your giant to have a counter push so instead of dropping the giant all the way behind the tower and letting up a build a big push well instead you just defend and then go on the counter push with the giant using him at the bridge what's really cool about this deck is it's got three spells it's got the fireball the zap and the log Literally every spell that you would need in order to clear the path for your giant or protect your damage dealing troops that are going on the counter push on the offense, which are the Mega Minion, the Hunter, and potentially the Lumberjack. And all the spells are pretty cheap, all things considered. They are pretty cheap, but you shouldn't use all of them every single time. You should look for what your opponent has that could counter your counter push, right? That's, this is like chess, right? Every time you make a move, your opponent counters it. Every time your opponent makes a move, you counter it. So it's a game of counter pushes at the end of the day. Right. And so if if you can just see what your opponent has before over committing with too many spells, it'll really allow you to effectively and efficiently get your giant and push to the tower. The thing you have to remember is that sometimes a spell is not always the right option. Sometimes the minor is the right option, which is why we've dubbed the deck David and Goliath. The minor can be used for so many different ways. All of which happen when the giant is aggroing on the tower. As long as the tower is locked onto your giant, the miner can pretty much do anything. For example, it can take out your opponent's musketeer. It can take out your opponent's princess. It can take out your opponent's tombstone so that it doesn't draw in your giant. And when all else fails, it can just simply attack the tower and get tremendous chip damage. And what that does is it forces your opponent to react to it. It forces him to not attack your giant or your counter push and instead focus on the miner that just does tremendous chip damage over the course of one game. If you play this deck defensively, use the cards appropriately, and then go on the counter push, you're gonna find yourself with elixir advantages. If you have elixir advantages, that's when you're gonna want to drop the lumberjack down. Drop the lumberjack behind the giant or use him on defense because you know you won't overcommit because you're already way ahead in Elixir. Once you drop that bad boy down, it's almost impossible for your opponent to stop the big push that you have coming his way while it's being raged from the Lumberjack.
1: On top of the fact that you have, hopefully, still three spells at your disposal.
0: And that's the key, man. Again, you're not going to be able to do all of this all throughout the game, which is why you kind of have to slow play it, play defensive, see what your opponent has, Mm -hmm. and then take advantage of it. Once you get into double elixir and once you get into overtime, if that even happens, that's the point in time when you can overcommit because you know what your opponent has. You know what things they have to counter your giant. You know what they're going to play and typically where. So that's when you can overcommit. When you're going for that Hail Mary end of the game play that really just kind of packs the punch to end it as opposed to trying to do it every single time, but not having the elixir and really kind of falling a little bit short. So again, play the deck defensively. Go on an offensive counter push afterwards and then capitalize on your opponent's mistakes to get elixir advantages and then go in hard. Because once you do, you ain't stopping David and Goliath, baby. Boom. Boom. Nice job, dude. Yeah, this deck seems ridiculously good. This deck is super solid, man. And I'm telling you, in the current meta, it it really is viable, right? Like, it's got the giant and anything else you need in order to kill a mortar. It's got anything you'd need in order to be able to kill a Hog deck. It's got anything you'd need to be able to kill a Golem deck. Um, P.E.K.K.A. it could struggle against, but again, if you wind up getting your cycle faster than their P.E.K.K.A. cycle, that Hunter will absolutely melt a P.E.K.K.A. Um, And the P.E.K.K.A.'s got to walk into him in order to kill him. So, at the end of the day, this deck could, uh, in theory, after your Giant dies probably once, take advantage of a P.E.K.K.A. deck as well. So, It's got a great kit, hard to figure out. So, you know, be sure to take this into a couple of challenges before taking it onto the ladder. Take a few losses and learn how it works. And then just enjoy destroying people, dude, because it seriously packs a punch. I cannot wait to try this one out. This one seems a lot of fun. Boom.
1: Boom. And no reviews this week, uh, mainly because the site is still down. We still don't know if we're going to continue including reviews. Maybe we'll incorporate other things into the show. We're still working on that. But everybody that did leave us a review, just know that Joe and I are reading them on the iTunes store. Um, Like we say, every single week, it's the number one way you can help us reach more people. So we thank you, thank you, thank you for submitting those because they really, truly do help. Um, And then also, we got no patrons this week, but that's okay. If you would like to support the show, please go to castrailpodcast.com slash donate, and you can learn about all the different ways that you can help support this show.
0: And that's it, man. I am kaput. I am ready to go to sleep. Yeah, man, I'm tired, but I'm also like energized. I don't know. It's weird. I feel weird right now. I feel like an electro wizard has sparked me and I have this energy, but then like the ice wizard is slowing me down. I don't know what I feel right now. It's like, a, like you're having an energetic sleep. Right. Which seems like I have a problem. <laughs> right. You may want to go see a doctor. Right. Well, mm. might as well call the show now then. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, like we say, each show, if you would like to reach out to us, please
0: reach out at feedback at castroyalepodcast.com. And as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter using the handle at podcastroyal. And also be sure to check out our Instagram and YouTube accounts at Cast Royale Podcast. And as always, if you're looking to join the Cast Royale community, be sure to join our Discord. If there's an open spot in the clan, we let folks know there first. Also, we've got a great community of people that learn and play together. Bada bada. Boom. Boom. And special thank you to
1: clnsmedia.com for putting our show on their website. If you're looking for the most recent episodes, you can find them there. Or if you're looking for any new podcasts, you can also find that there as well. And that's it, man. We're done. Thanks a lot to our two sponsors tonight, Audible and Hymns. And we will see you next time for another
0: HodgePodge of Everything! HodgePodge of Everything! Boom! Bye. Bye.